Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. My name is Kahala, and I'm your host. Well, we're back at it again, supporting and just letting the world know all about the amazing black businesses throughout the St. Louis metro area, and then giving you nuggets and wisdom from those black business owners that can be used anywhere. And today, we have a family friend, and no, you're not looking at a previous guest again, they just look they just look a little bit alike. We have our dear friend, Eric Potts. Hey. Eric Potts, one of the Potts twins. Yes, yes. Good <laughs> afternoon. How are you doing? Hello, friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank Good. you for inviting me out today. Absolutely. No, we love the Potts family, and we love you and Eugene, and we love black business. And you are, of course, are the business owner of Peace of Mind Genetics and Wellness. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So we wanted you to come on today and talk all about your business and all about how it, what your vision was and how you want to interact and grow the community and the black community through your business. But first, tell how do we know each other? I mean, I kind of said it, but you know. Right, right. It's you, been you, a really long time. You spilled the beans. You gave it away already. I did. I did. But. I am the identical twin brother of Eugene Potts from Original Gents, yes. which is also related by blood to me, of course, as my twin brother. But Christy Bogay Potts, which is his wife, is my sister in love. That's right. Right? Which is one of your besties. Absolutely. So that links us all together as one big happy family. I know. Yeah. And it's been a really long time. Yes. And it's yes. been a beautiful relationship. So. When, you know, I saw the businesses, mm -hmm. you know, that you all um, birthed and that you all are growing and you all are supporting, you know, I was like, well, I mean, that's a no brainer. Once again, it's one of the no brainers here on this podcast. Right. It was a no brainer to have you on. Right. So um, let's talk about you first. All right. I'll keep it brief because I am very long winded. I have a long bio. Right. So <laughs> I'll keep it easy and simple. So. Born and raised here in St. Louis, Missouri, of course, with my twin brother, Eugene. Um, I've been very business-minded ever since I was 11 years old because I have aunts and uncles and different relatives that I was exposed to that were entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I think Eugene alluded to that earlier, so I can kind of piggyback off of him. Um, got the entrepreneur bug at 11 years old, and I continued to go from there. Wow. You know, so um, I started Peace of Mind Genetics back in 2004. Actually, and I think that was right around the time when um, Christy and Eugene got married. Yeah. So okay. it's almost a 20 year old business now. So this year will be 20 years. So that'll be a great accomplishment for me, you know, to do that. Um, so that's about that's that's about me. I'm local. I've always had a lot of love for my community and where you know where I uh, where I resided, you know, and the people within the community. That's always been an important factor to me. And you all, I, I can say, you. Um, cause this is, this episode is about you and your business. So St. Louis. Oh yes. Okay. I mean, so St. Louis. So I can call and say, Hey, I'm lost. And it's going to be, Oh, well, where are you? Oh, you're at that Captain D's over there by St. Louis. You, right, okay. Right. You're going to make a right. And you, the exact street name, like mm -hmm. you won't say, we'll make a left down. It is crazy. And the St. Louis community has so much love for you. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. you all know everybody. Oh, yes. Everybody knows y'all. Uh -huh. Like, whether it was athletics or, like you said, entrepreneurship, just your family. So I just love that because I'm so East St. Louis. <laughs> and so for y'all to be so St. Louis and then everybody mm -hmm. just to come together, it's great. Yeah, we were raised right. You know, my mom, you know, uh, giving credit to her for really just... Mm -hmm. 
showing us what what life was about. She prepared us earlier, you know, for what she life did. was gonna um was what life was gonna entail. She did. You know, she just taught us to be very respectful of other people, you know, and you know, even today I can go anywhere in St. Louis, Illinois, anywhere in the United States or throughout the world and be able to get along with people just because of just that basic principle of just respecting people goes a long way. It does. It really does. So tell us all about your business. So like you said, you're celebrating 20 years this year. Yes. Uh -huh. Congratulations. Thank That's you. amazing. Thank you. But it started, it didn't, it started deeper. What'd you say? You're talking about your mother and the way you mm -hmm. were raised and who you are innately as a person. So tell us all about your business. Sure. So the business was birthed based off of me looking at the condition of our community. Mm -hmm. I used to see children going through the neighborhood just doing just senseless things like throwing rocks at cars and throwing rocks at school buildings and things like that. So I just wanted to do something to kind of change that the outlook and what kids were doing and just give them a positive, a, a better outlook on life. Mm -hmm. So in the process of doing that, I saw a young guy one day throwing rocks at a school and I went to him and I was going to tell him, hey, to stop throwing rocks. But I knew it was going to be this big drawn out thing. Now, I know for the most part that father probably wasn't in the house. So I knew I was gonna to have to have a conversation with the mom. And sometimes the mom would say, hey, look, I gave him the rocks to throw at the school, so why are you all in the business, you know? So mm -hmm. I said, you know what, we have, a, we have a problem, which we already saw, you know? Uh, so my thing was I wanted to try to bridge the gap between the absent fathers that was out there and the children, because I used to work in a school setting too, talking to kids. So I would talk to the kids during the day and I would talk to the men at night. And I say, well, wait a minute, I might be talking to their dads and they don't even know it. So it was my mission at that particular point in time to kind of bridge that gap okay. and introduce the children to their fathers again. So that was my goal. So in the process of doing that, I actually found myself needing the services for myself quicker than I can actually make it available to the public. Okay. Yeah, so that's how Peace of Mind Genetics actually got birthed. I had the business in place before I even had a name for it. So just going in just retrospect, I just look back at what I went through because back then it took 15 business days to get the results back. Mm. And so that was like an Can eternity. Can seem like an eternity. Yeah. Can seem like <laughs> That's what it was. an eternity. That's what it was. So, you know, um, it wasn't the nine month, it wasn't the nine months that the mother was carrying the child. It was the time that it took to wait for those results to come back. And I just, I wasn't say I was going crazy but it's kind of hard to make 15 business days come and go just like that, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm going out to the clubs. I'm just being me. I'm just staying up extra late, watching TV, pacing around and stuff like that. And that was a long, long, long 15 business day period for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that, I, you know, that, again, that birth piece of my genetics, my main goal and what I went through that particular time kind of gave me the base or the foundation of what Peace of Mind Genetics would be based off of, and that's providing accurate testing, mm -hmm. making it affordable, and also making it accessible. Because in our community, we already know there's a lot of services and a lot of programs that are pretty much uh, dry in our area, which we call it, it's a like desert. a service desert. Yes, it exactly, is. exactly. So those are my main principles. I said, hey, look, based off of what I went through, how can I make that situation a lot easier for the next person that has to go through that situation. And so that's what I modeled myself behind. So let's talk about the three tenets, mm -hmm. accuracy. Yes. Now, as a lawyer, uh -huh. that's very important. Most right? definitely. Most um, definitely. And in my private practice in Indianapolis, I was kind of like the woman that, the lawyer that families of black men would go to because mm -hmm. Indiana had debtor's prison at that yes, time yes. when it related to child support payments. Mm -hmm. And so you could 
not make those child support payments and end up in jail right. for 30, 60, 90 days, mm -hmm. right? And it was a vicious cycle because if he had a job, right, right, then he doesn't have a job by the time he gets out. So you weren't getting child support payments before, then you're really not going to get child support payments right. now. And I had a, a pretty um, seamless wins only record. And mm -hmm. so they gravitated toward my practice because, well, Kahala Dixon, like, she, you're not going to jail on her watch. Right. But the conversation that was always had first is don't come to me if you don't plan on making the payment. Exactly. Exactly. Like, that's not what this is. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not earning money for you to not go out here and take care of your kids because I'm taking care of mine and right. my husband definitely taking care of his. So it it's the accuracy of knowing, one, that I'm going to get the test right. and it's going to be correct. Oh, like yes. I, oh, yes. You are the father or you're not, right? And we've seen many instances where it wasn't mm -hmm. and someone raised a child for years, right? And they're like, okay, well, the child's not mine, but I'm still going to love. You're mine right. at this point because it's right. been 18 years. Or you have the unfortunate, I'm angry and I don't want anything. But the accuracy is important. Mm -hmm. Then your second tenant, you said, was affordable. Affordable, yes. Because so many times, like you said, with the desert, so whether it's a food desert or whatever, a lot of times in our community, the affordability is not there mm -hmm. for countless services, mental health services. Right. We'll touch on that shortly. Um, insurance, health mm -hmm. insurance, and being able to have proper health care. So being able to afford it makes it accessible, which you said is your third tenant, right. accessibility. Exactly. So your business, based on your moral compass and your standard for life, you said, I'm going to, and having been through it, I'm going to make sure that everybody after me mm -hmm. gets to have all the things that they need mm -hmm. to bring their family together. And it's a much smoother process. I love it. You know, and when we talk about accuracy, you know, um, with the testing that we do, we work with a lot of attorneys, we work with a lot of courts. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been able to go behind some state testing and I've actually been able to um, foil a, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a sting or operation, but they were doing fraudulent practices. So I was actually able to prove that um, a state collector or a contractor for the state was taking bribes or accepting bribes, mm. you know, to do that. So, you know, again, I have to take personal responsibility, and that's why my name is stamped on this, because mm -hmm. the integrity that I put behind it, you know, it means everything. Because mm -hmm. these situations are like life and death situations that we deal with. They are. Yeah. Somebody's life literally is dependent on it. So, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I was a daddy's girl. Right. Forever. Mm -hmm. Will forever be. I'm 46 and I'm still a daddy's girl. Okay. <laughs> and this year, unfortunately, Mark, or should I say 23, was 20 years that uh -huh. he's been gone. And when I think about not having him, the time that I did have him, the 25 years right. that I did have him, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be a practicing attorney. I would, And people, oh, yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. Right. I know what Bruce Hill did for me. Mm -hmm. I know what having a father in my home with my mother, mm -hmm. raising my brother. Now, I know what Bruce Hill did for me. Right. So to have someone who says my life's mission, my business's mission is to try at least mm -hmm. to put you in a position to save your life, right. son or daughter. Right. Because what you don't understand just yet is that your daddy can literally save your life. Right, right. And I can tell you that. You know, when I uh, when I went through my situation, I found out that the uh, the baby at that particular time was my son. You know, um, because 
technically I had a, I had a chance to walk away, you know, without any kind of um, recourse or anything like that. But I chose to stay there because that was that was my thing. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised differently than that, you know, but the importance of fathers in the house is, is very detrimental because, you know, even with uh, my father, you know, my father, we knew him. He was around us and everything, but he wasn't really the best father or the most active father he could be. You know, so with that, you know, I can go on, you know, just telling my background and my my family history. But we know the importance now because I can see it firsthand of how important it is to have a father in the household. Mm-hmm. You know, young men have to learn certain things, you know, because when I became a father for the first time, I was I was kind of terrified. But I told myself I think and, we all were in some capacity, yeah, some capacity. in one way right. or another, right. like, you know, but I had to tell myself, you know, in order for me to be the successful father, I just had to do the opposite of what my father did for me. You know, and so that's what I had to go off of. Um, many times I say that, you know, I looked at the Cosby show. We, we, we all did when we, we were coming did. up. We watched Leave it to Beaver. And mm-hmm. so to me, by watching these shows, this was my idea of what a father was mm-hmm. and not necessarily what I had. Now, right. going down a little bit further, when my father passed away, it'd be 12 years for him. But when he passed away, I realized something after talking to uh, some people in my community, my godfather. And we were just talking. And he said, you know what? You know, at some point you have to forgive your father, Absolutely. you know, because you just never know. You don't know what he was dealing with mm-hmm. and you don't know whether he was doing it. And actually, he could have been given his best. And I just I had a different grading scale. Absolutely. You know, so I had to be able to forgive him, you know, in order to move on for what I got, you know, because my job for me is to make sure that my boys have the best uh, upbringing that they can possibly have. Now, do I get it wrong every once in a while? Yes, I do. You know, we all do. you know. <laughs> We all do. And I got boys and a girl, and I'm like, that probably what, you know what? I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry that mama did that. Right. And like, like my daily struggles is this, you know, I know that I am technically on a mission from God. You know, I kind of say that what I do is kind of a, um, I kind of mark, I kind of liken myself to Noah when God commanded him to build the ark. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was made very clear to me. I actually, as, as well as doing peace of mind genetics, I've always worked in the car business for at least 24 years. Mm-hmm. And I was working at a car dealership not even a year ago. I walked into work and they told me that they were going to shut the dealership down the same day. Right. You know, so I was like, okay, what next? So I prayed to God. God said, look, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Do what you've been doing. But instead of making peace of mind genetics a part-time thing, make it a full-time We're going thing. full-time with this. We're going full with it because first off, I need you to put 100% into it. Faith without works is dead. Absolutely. You know, so mm-hmm. I took on the challenge and took on the mission. Now with Noah, they laughed at him. Hey, look at that fool. What it is he doing? It never rained before. It never rained before. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, but what I did was I said, okay, God, I'll take you on this challenge. Because he said, if you do what I ask you to do, I'll make sure that you have no obstacle, any obstacle placed in front of you will be removed. Mm-hmm. And I had to hold him on that. No weapon. So mm-hmm. I'm working on, I'm operating on faith. You know, I'm operating on faith, and that's this work what has me where I'm at right now. Now, financially, do I make a lot of money doing it? No, I don't. But Yet. it's a it's a passion. Yeah, it's a passion, and for as long as like we all know, for as long as you don't make it a occupation and a job, mm-hmm. then everything else will come to you. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing God's work and doing the work of the Lord, then everything will be okay. My father told me. Speaking of fathers, he used to tell me all the time. So he was a obviously he was a fireman, and then inevitably became chief. And he loved his job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you love literally running in burning buildings when everybody's running out? But <laughs> right, hey, right. that's not my business, uh-huh. right? And so, but he told me 
because he was chief most of my life. Right. I said, he told me, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's it. And that is something that I have taken with me mm-hmm. every day because I'm just like, that's the life that you want to live. Right. And so that's what it sounds like you're telling me and our listeners and viewers is like they told me my job was over at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I was giving all that I could to this right. because I, I'm a husband and a father and I got a job. But God was like, okay, so we're going to pivot. We're going we gonna to shift a little bit right. because I need you to give 100% mm-hmm. to this. And so you're saying, hey, it may not be the most lucrative thing today. Right. Okay. But he's providing. He's mm-hmm. going to continue to provide because I'm believing him for it because that's right. what he told me he was going to do. Right. What better way to say I wake up every morning and say I'm a life changer? I change lives for a living. Absolutely. And that's technically what I do. I, I prevent kids from living a life of abuse. Mm-hmm. And I shared the story with, uh, it was a conference that they had with a group of social workers. And I painted a picture that was so vivid that, you know, some of them got up and ran out of the room in tears because I looked at it like this. You have some men that have young girls that are in a house mm-hmm. that technically if they don't know, you know, from a, maybe they were together, they took a break, the mother and father, they took a break. And maybe, you know, the, the mom got pregnant in between time. So here is, you got one child that's in there, female, that he knows that is his daughter, but then there's another girl in the house that he has no clue. So he assumes that this is not his daughter, but he's providing for him, he's taking care of her and everything, this, that, and the other. And he looks at her like, hey, look, you're not my daughter. You're almost like the bastard stepchild, mm-hmm. and I still have to provide and take care of you. You owe me something. And so now we are faced with sexual abuse, sexual molestation in the house, mental abuse, physical abuse, mm-hmm. and things of the sort. So the testing that we do is more than just, hey, like Maury Povich, you're the father, you know, and what are you going to do? No, it goes deeper than that. So mm-hmm. we, I've stopped suicides, you know, I've stopped abuse in the households, you know, and so many countless things, you know, I've reunited mothers that didn't want to have children, you know, whether they were going through postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had a situation recently where I had a 17-year-old young man come to my office. He just pulled the door, came in. Hey, I want to get full custody of my son because the mom doesn't want anything to do with him. At 17. At 17, you know, and so he came in. We were going to do the test, and the mother didn't show up for the appointment. So when she didn't show up for the appointment, she brought the kid to his house the next day. It was actually the same day. She dropped him off and kept going. For two weeks, she had no contact with him. The baby had an emergency situation. He had to take the baby to urgent care because she dropped him off in a in an unsafe condition where he had like his face was breaking out and things like that. And so this young man took the responsibility of not only raising this kid since he was and the kid was about one years old. Not only did he raise the kid, he was taking care of him full time. He almost lost his job because he had to take care of this child, you know, at a, at the at the drop of a dime like that with the mom just abandoning the kid. And a week later, come to find out, after having that baby for two weeks, he found out that this kid wasn't his. So now it takes it to another level Mm -hmm. because he's not the father. So now I don't just give you the test and say, you're the father, you're not the father. Mm -hmm. At this particular point, now is my responsibility to do aftercare Mm -hmm. because now he's faced with bonding with this kid for a whole year, dealing with the mom for nine months of the pregnancy. So that's almost two years right there mm-hmm. of bonding with this kid. Even though he didn't see him while she was carrying him, she still he still had a relationship with him. But how do you get rid of something or just give the kid back to, the, to the family? Absolutely, when you've fallen in love. Exactly. You know, this is the apple of your eye and everything. You know, so 
Now we have to start looking at the mental focus mm-hmm. and the mental health of this young man because now he's distraught. Mm-hmm. He never probably knew love before, and this is the first time he actually got attached to something. Mm-hmm. And it's such a young age. So that's why you have the peace of mind, genetics, and wellness. That's it. And so you, your wellness portion of that, you said, you told us off camera, is mental health. Mental health. So that's something that I'm really driving for. It's very important that mental health, mental health gets, um, gets a, a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest thing with mental health is everybody suffers from something. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going through something. Don't we? You know, even myself, I go through it. I deal with a lot, you know, but I wear it well, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is people like me that wear it well and look like everything is okay. We're the ones that need the most attention, mm-hmm. you know. But Absolutely the, we do. Oh, yeah. Because the, I be like, Lord, folks be like, oh, you just know I do not have it all together, baby. If years you ago. Could follow, follow me around, you yeah. would see. We would, we would be the ones, and it's like psychiatrists. I didn't learn this. It was funny. I was watching the episode of The Sopranos, and it was funny because, I'm not going to say it's funny, but the psychiatrist that was treating Tony Soprano ended up needing a counselor, she too. She had issues. <laughs> that t- was my show. Yeah. We take yeah. phone calls every day, you know, about situations, and we take on this, this responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm like an unofficial therapist. You are. You know, a counselor. Mm-hmm. Because I listen to situations and problems, and I have to become a problem solver for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking on more than just doing a test and giving Absolutely. results. You know, so it's more into it than just doing that. You know, so like when I say it's a ministry for me, it's definitely a ministry, you know, because I have to be a life changer. I have to be an agent of change. Mm -hmm. You know, not only with doing the business, but also in my household as well. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something that no one's ever done before, you know. And it was funny. Somebody did a write up for me and they posted it on Facebook. But they say I'm the only black male person in St. Louis or maybe even the United States doing what I do. Wow. So I'm that's my black history moment. <laughs> you know, but that's right. You know, I don't look at it as something as an occupation. I mm-hmm. just look at it as something that's a life it's, it's a life passion. Yes. It's a ministry. Absolutely. You know, so it makes it easy for me to do. But sometimes I just look back. Hey, mm-hmm. this is something that you started from the ground up. Mm-hmm. How many businesses that have you ever seen out there that's been up and going for almost twenty years? Mm-hmm. You know, these are landmarks that a lot of people don't even see. Mm-hmm. And like I say, just to be able to wake up every day and say, I changed lives, man. Who else can say that? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, I mean, to God be the glory that I have the, um, have the, the platform to stand on mm-hmm. to do that. And it really is for the community. It's for the people. You know, I did a podcast the other day and a gentleman asked me, at the end of the day, what do you feel like, you know, what do you want people to remember you as? And it's not that I was Eric Potts, a super cool guy, but that <laughs> I cared about the people. Right. I was about the people. I was about the community. And that someone looked at me and what I did and said, hey, look, I want to pick up that torch or I want to pick up that baton and continue to take it, move it forward. That's what I want. Excellent. You know. So, okay. so let's talk briefly before we close about one, what services you provide and two, how they can get those services. Like we need platforms and phone numbers and addresses. I got you. I got you. I got all of that. So the services that we provide, we typically always spe- specialize in doing paternity testing, mm-hmm. but it goes into various forms too. Now everybody's doing, and I don't want to put the name out there, but I have to, is ancestry. Mm-hmm. You know, people are ordering these kits online and things like that, but I do confirmations with that. Okay. So if, a, if a, um, a person says, hey, look, I just got a phone call that I got a, a brother that I never knew about, I do the confirmations for that. Okay. So we do the testing and we let them know, hey, either this is your full brother, half brother, or you're not related. You know, so we point we, we point that mark. 
I also work with deceased individuals. So mm -hmm. fathers that have passed away, you the know, posthumous father. Yeah. Okay. So these are, wow. um, you know, um, postmortem cases that mm -hmm. I do, you know, where children and a lot of people don't know that, but a lot of children that have fathers that were murdered, mm -hmm. they actually have access to benefits, whether it's social security or other things, life insurance policies, they things do. like that. So we're actually they able to know. do those things. And I have relationships with people to get the samples and get what I need to accomplish those goals. You know, and then we look at the mental health. That's something that's coming down the line. I'm starting to work with other community partners to try to get that, you know, in place. But, you know, genetics is more than just saying you're the father, you know, from a, mm -hmm. from a living standpoint. But it's about bringing that whole family together. Because even if a person's deceased, the other side of the family still needs to know who that child is. And that child needs to know who the other side of the family is as well. And then... From a health standpoint, mm -hmm. because exactly. we are the health gap. Mm -hmm. we, we're in, in that health gap. We're, we're behind the eight ball when it comes to everything from hypertension to diabetes to whatever. And I know when I take my children to the doctor, when I go to the doctor, I can feel my stuff out from top to bottom because right. I know my mother and my grandmother, my grandfather and my grandfather was prostate cancer. Right. My grandmother was Alzheimer's. But... So that way you can tell your doctor and then, you know, you know, right. if you're genetically predisposed right. to certain things or you have some genes that need to be, you know, you might need some proactive, mm -hmm. you know, health care or something. It, people don't understand that it's way bigger or, yeah. than what's on the surface mm -hmm. in most cases. Mm -hmm. So that that is outstanding. Yeah. So we're doing other services, too, like um, we're going to start doing prostate exams, prostate, okay. you know, for prostate cancer, um, mm -hmm. hormone replacement. Those are things that we're looking at as well. We can do regular health screenings where we can tell you where you're at, you know, as far as that's concerned. But really bringing the man back to the to his total self or to his original self is what it's about. So, how do we reach you? Oh yeah, I'm gonna tell you that. So there's two ways you can really reach me. I'm actually I'm on all of the socials at uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and everything at peaceofmindgenetics.com. But you can also call me at 314-714-5362. 314-714-5362. Six two, or you can reach us at peaceofmindgenetics.com. Excellent. Yep. Well, this was great. Um, so many things to think about. Oh, yes. And, you know, it just really starts your wheels turning about life. Like, you're just thinking about your parents, or you're thinking about your children, or you're thinking about your neighbor next door, yes. or all the the cases you've tried or you know just so many things and how many people you've impacted and always that mental health piece because here at pros and politics Pack, we are all about that mental health getting together um, especially in the african-american community because your mental health ultimately affects your physical health oh yes and we we trying to live not just live and survive we done surviving right, we're we trying surviving. to thrive right Right. And with God and good decisions, I mean, that's that's all the battle, right? Because God it. is all the battle, right? That's it. So I just really appreciate what you're doing. And um, we just wish you all the prosperity, blessings, and, and success because I just see this turning into something that you can't even... Like you got to hire a bunch of folks and you got to build in a block right. long because you're just providing so many services from mm -hmm. mental health to genetic testing to so many other right. things, right. you know, hiring mm -hmm. providers and mm -hmm. just, I just see it. Yeah. And it's a big task too, because even, even uh, a, quick a quick statistic is 30% of men that we test, well, this is the national standard right now. 30% of men tested are not the father of the child. 
I believe it. You know, and so, you know, it's very, it's very big, you know, and now I'm taking on the next step. I'm trying to push for legislation. Any unmarried child, well, I mean, I'm sorry, any unmarried couple that has a child, there's other states like, um, I know Louisiana does it, but recently Tennessee adopted that. Any unmarried couple has to do genetic testing or paternity testing in order to have the father's name put on the birth certificate. Wow. And that helps out. Louisiana is a lot better because not only do they do that, but if the father's found to be the father, he also gets visitation rights accompanied with that. That puts him back in the child's life again, even if the mom can't get along with them. So those are big I things. I have to think about that because there are just so many dynamics in yes. that. Um, and I'm sure you are a proponent of that for many reasons, but I can see how, oh, that can really get. It does a lot complicated oh yeah yeah my, and to put legislation in place that yeah. it would be required i can only imagine my arithmetic and my thought is this if you take care of the household you can have a successful household and then have a successful neighborhood mm-hmm. if you have a successful neighborhood then you have a successful community mm-hmm. if you have a successful community then you have a successful society i agree and i think that that would be a great a great step in the right direction but it all starts at home. But, it does. Yeah, it but, absolutely starts at but home. Definitely. Thank you for, for for bringing me on and having me. It was yes, definitely a, a pleasure speaking yes, with you again. Thank you so much. Well, you'll have to come back. Oh yeah. As you oh, continue yeah. to build and grow, you'll have to come back. Most definitely. I'll be there. Well, thank you, and thank you for tuning in today to Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and you'll join us again next week. But in the meantime, please like, love, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you next week.